0: This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder, we'd like to discuss the pressures of working in a veterinary clinic during a pandemic. you want to stick around for this conversation. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine and maybe the toughest topic that the entire world has encountered in modern history is the COVID-19 pandemic. Right now, all around the world, billions of people are in a virtual lockdown, stay-at-home orders. This has tremendous ripple effects in the veterinary community, Clinics are shutting down, either by volunteering to shut down, or their staff issues force them to shut down, or a governor or state municipality has mandated that they shut down. And this week, we want to talk about how does it feel to be in the veterinary profession during a pandemic, during such a crisis. But before we get into all of that conversation, as always, I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward.
1: And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser.
0: And Becky, it seems like the past month, you and I have talked almost daily about how the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic is affecting veterinarians around the globe. Uh, Both you and I have been conducting webinars and podcasts and all sorts of blog posts. Trying to keep our colleagues one step ahead of this, and you know, certainly you and I have worked a lot with telemedicine, remote, and and if you're listening today, just this is being recorded on March 24th, and just just a matter of moments ago, the FDA has uh, chosen to waive the VCPR requirements for veterinary telemedicine, which is going to have significant impacts on how we, you know, see patients. But today, Becky, you know, you and I've been reaching out to our friends around the world and sort of getting their, you know, feelings. And so, um, Becky, in general, sort of if you had to sum it up, how would you say the mood is out there among veterinary technicians?
1: I think if I had to sum it up in general, unfortunately, I would really have to just say scared.
0: Scared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, and, and I, I, what I'd like to do throughout this podcast is sort of share some of the comments that either have been directed toward me. I've been asking people on social media, different questions, basically Twitter and, and Instagram for these types of, of, but Facebook as well. And I really wanted to, to, you know, get your feedback on this. And I think right now, a lot of veterinary clinics are very busy, Becky, because people are are, they have time, and it's amazing to me. Um, the the I've I've received several comments like this uh, that kind of go. Um, currently, there are uh, three people in our in our I guess this parking lot in our lot that are waiting with their children because they said they didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. I'm on quarantine from work for 14 days. Thought I'd get my dog's nail trimmed. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are the kind of comments, right? So people are being ordered or asked to stay at home, Becky. They're sitting around going, hey, my dog's butt smelly. I think I'm going <laughs> to take him down and get his anal glands expressed. I mean, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think that there is a surprising sense of um, like a dividing line. I feel like there are people on very far end of the spectrum on either side. So I feel like it's like people are either taking this very seriously, staying in, uh, following the rules, you know, quote unquote. And then there's other people who are kind of like missing the boat a little bit on what's like social isolation means. And it's not like, well, a little break to get together with your friends and catch up with people you haven't seen and do the things you haven't done in a while, which is how I feel like some people have, have responded uh, most of the clinics I know at this point are not accepting appointments that don't absolutely have to be seen.
0: Right. And and sadly, um, I, I think that should be the case. But what I'm seeing on social media is a lot of vet clinics are open for business. Now, I think that they're starting to, they're certainly implementing curbside treatment, you know, so they're going out to the car and administering vaccines and doing nail trims and maybe even anal glands. But, you know, um, I think that I think we have to ask ourselves, should we be doing that? Are we putting the public and our staff at undue risk? And I'd like to read one comment that uh, I received. Uh, yes, we're seeing lots of non-urgent cases at our hospital because people now have, quote unquote, free time on their hands. That's sort of like the comments I mentioned earlier. And they're getting peeved at us for having to wait hours in their cars for their pet's treatment. Wow. We can't win for losing, can we, Becky?
1: Yeah, I, I mean... I think that there is, again, a, a level of people who are always really understanding in these cases. And then there's people who are just really responding poorly. And I think we have to take into consideration that everyone is stressed right now. Right. And, you know, everyone um, deals with, I guess, copes with stress in different ways. And for some people, it just really is is a level and a time of high anxiety. Um, we'd like to think people would be doing better than that, but a lot of them aren't. Um but I also think this is a good opportunity to be very proactive in your communication with your your clients. So I think a lot of times we set an expectation for our clients to just know or understand or get it. Um, And I think we have an opportunity to educate them. So this is something we should be talking about on a daily basis on our Facebook pages and putting out, you know, email lists and and talking about wait times, talking about expectations, talking about what should and should not be seen. Let's set them up for success too.
0: You bet. And here is a response. So uh, one thread was talking about, you know, we're doing nail trims and anal glands and, you know, catching up on past due vaccines, right? And here's a comment that I think really sums up sort of this section of the podcast today. Exactly. I decided since the office wasn't being socially responsible that I would take it upon myself and self-quarantine for two weeks. Ain't no cat in this nation right now that needs a nail trim that can't wait and that overdue FVRCP that's been overdue for seven months. Let that go. Clients are treating this time home like a staycation and unnecessarily exposing veterinary staff. And Becky, that's hard to disagree with, isn't it?
1: I don't know. I think it's a very large, sweeping, generalized statement, and I don't know that it's entirely fair. I don't think all of our clients are acting that way, but I think the ones that we do see acting that way stand out to us. And again, I sort of think this intense, um, sweeping statement is its own coping mechanism of the fact that individuals are at work and they're scared. And that they are seeing things that are non-emergency and that maybe they don't necessarily agree with that, but they don't have maybe the autonomy or the power at work to dictate that. And I think so it comes more from a place of frustration that it's being allowed by their clinic and it's sort of coming out on on our clients.
0: Right. So here's the the first question. Should we be doing these things? Nail trims, anal glands, booster vaccines?
1: No question. Absolutely no. And I think that is the frustration of this person who's, so angry at clients who may or may not know or understand this my my point is is if they're being performed, then then it means it's being allowed right, and by allowing it, we are are not sending the message as we regularly do allow other parts of our government other parts of our society to dictate what we're going to do instead of getting in front of it and leading by example and saying we're going to protect our our staff we're going to protect our clients we're going to be ahead of this and we're not going to do those types of things but again it, like so many other times in the veterinary industry it's going to come from someone else.
0: Right and here's another comment. So as this thing has progressed over the past several days and this is is from you know just within the past 24 hours or so we're starting to see The real effects in our clinics. Your staff members, your colleagues, my friends are becoming sick and they're having to miss work, right? And here's one it says, Our small clinic that is in the process of moving had to close today for approximately two weeks because a third of our staff, many of whom are older, are out because they're sick with this. I'm honestly devastated. Clients have been a-holes, to be honest, but I wept on the floor of our temporary work trailer because I can't do anything for my team members. Ugh. That is heartbreaking, you know, but I think we're going to start to see more of this, Becky, as we move forward. I mean, more teams are going to be, you know, quite frankly, devastated, and and they can't work. This company, this business can't work because, she says, a third of our staff are out.
1: Well, the helplessness right now in this time for everyone in so many ways, um, the ripple effects of this are going to be devastating. We are going to know more and more people who are sick. We are going to lose people we love. Um, we're going to watch people lose people we love, and that they love. And we see, we know that that's going to happen. Um, we also know that on on several other levels, it's it's economically going to be devastating. People are in a position right now of I have to work to live, but I can't work because it could kill me like i mean right. this is an awful place uh to be right now this is a terrible you know and in the idea this is the thing we're all caretakers the idea that the pets of the world can't get help the idea that pets of the world would be sick and dying at home because we couldn't do our job or can't do our job is what's really devastating. And I think what is so infuriating is even if it is one out of 50 clients that is a quote unquote a-hole or one out of 50 clients who's coming in for, um, you know, routine care or nail trims or, or whatever that is for them, it is so infuriating because you still have no other choice. And that one person feels like exposure. Every person feels like exposure and um i'm willing to be exposed you know to save a pet's life uh there's a lot of things i would do to save a life and um you know, those aren't the same things I do to express (laughs) anal glands. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know,
1: the idea that you're going to put me in that position is is very frustrating. And I think that it just boils down to there's this very like confined, frustrating, suffocating feeling for a lot of people right now that, you know, honestly, I gave you some resistance about talking about this on the podcast for that reason, right? Like we're all just drowning in it. But at the same time, too you know, I, you're right. I mean, like we have to talk about the awful effect for everyone around us and take a moment to like slow down, step back, think about everybody's perspective and, and point of view um, and see where they're coming from and then think about proactively how we're going to get a- ahead of this.
0: Right. And, and, you know, again, to that end, uh, over two weeks ago, I wrote this article about, you know, what every veterinary clinic needs to know, know and do, you know, obviously it's not too late. So if you haven't checked out that article, go, I, you can access it on drernieward.com. And I know Beck, you, you, that was really helpful for you helping share that message. Yeah. But the first and most important aspect of that article was how to keep your staff safe. And that is without a doubt the message. And here's a, a message that I received after that. Um that, that again, breaks my heart, Becky. So after I posted this uh, article on what your practice should be doing, and it really goes into detail about protected, you know, all the PPE stuff we should be doing for our staff, how we should be t- taking care of our staff first and foremost. She says, um, and again, I'm, I'm going to have to keep this anonymous because, you know, for sure, reasons, please. unfortunately, the owner and doctors at our practice are not taking it seriously at all. We are in New Jersey in a very populous area. She, and I assume this refers to the owner, she keeps saying it's, quote unquote, ridiculous and that people are overreacting. It's business as usual here. All the techs are cleaning more and being very cautious, but the doctor is not. Very disappointing. And again, I I think that as an owner, as a veterinarian, my primary obligation is to provide a safe working environment for you. And so if you're listening to this today, and you're like this person who messaged and says, Hey, I, you know, our doctors aren't taking this seriously. Please bring it to their attention. Hopefully they're just ignorant. They don't realize that they're not practicing proper hygiene or social distancing or wearing their PPE properly. But Becky, I mean, I mean, this is a time we are family. We need to be protecting each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess as a technician, this is where I have heard the most frustration and I think this is where the most emotional impact is coming from, from my colleagues, right? So um, I think when you are obviously a practice owner, uh, even when you're a manager and um, when you are even, you know, an associate veterinarian, the the veterinary level of the practice is uh, m- more respected on the regular basis. There are some unicorn clinics out there, man. I see you. I know you're out there and and thank you. But the majority of the clinics, like the support staff uh, feel like they flow with the tides that turn them, right? And, and they don't get to necessarily say when. And I think this is where a lot of the, um, frustration pain irritation scared is coming from because it's like if we you know shut down and there's not a um in order to do so I I can't get unemployment I don't have enough money to live so I have to go to work for other people they're like screw it I don't care I'll be homeless I don't want to die of COVID but my 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 work is open and I have to be here and so I think there the loss of say in this for a lot of support staff is a lot of the frustrating part of just being like I want to do it this way, but n- we don't have that autonomy. Our management isn't on board. Our our vet's not on board, whatever. And that, I think, is the hardest part for my colleagues that I feel the most frustrated about. And it's really easy for me, right, as an entrepreneur to be like, quit, find right. somewhere else. Like, you've got to get out of there. Like, you've got to do what's right for you. But, I mean, that's not the realistic thing for most people. So they're just going with it. And um, I think that's really the part that's going to have the most mental and emotional impact long-term.
0: Yeah, and viewfinders, we want to hear from you. I mean, obviously, these are some stories that have reached out to us or we've come across or however, but, you know, the reality is we want to know what pressures you're feeling as a result of this pandemic. And is your boss, is your manager taking care of you. Do you feel like you're being supported in this? And here are three messages, Becky, that I think that that really speak to what you were just saying about feeling out of control. Uh, There was talk of postponing elective non-urgent surgeries, but we're still seeing both at the moment. We are currently still taking everything, even nail trims. I do not agree with this, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Same. And this is driving me nuts. Our bosses are making us call all of our past due appointments to bring them in for vaccines. Uh, And Becky, I'll be honest with you. Last week, uh, well, I'm sorry, this week, (laughs) time is a blur during this stay-at-home crisis. What's time? That's right. Um, But uh, a veterinarian was... Boasting that she had seen over 2,000 pets in the past week because they were doubling down on past due uh, vaccines, which just, uh, you know, ethically uh, made me very concerned. Uh, here's another one. Uh, I was told it's okay to schedule all wellness exams, and I could not believe it. Again, this is the sentiment of the staff. These are vet techs, receptionists, vet assistants who are. You know, this is tearing them apart. They're like, I don't know that I agree with this. There's no reason that people should be out for anything but urgent, says another. So, Becky, I mean, okay, here's where I want to kind of, you know, end up this conversation. The economic toll is going to be significant. I mean, if this thing drags on, like many are predicting, I mean, this is going to really severely affect veterinary community. I, I hope that there will be some type of government assistance. You know, you're know, you hearing all these different rumors and innuendos and different countries are doing different things. But, but Becky, how do you square this? So now you're a vet tech. I'm your owner. I'm saying, Becky, here's our choice. We stay open and risk getting infected and you're young and I'm fairly young. We're in low risk categories. We're healthy. Otherwise, this is what we're going to have to do, or I can't pay you. I mean, what do you say to that?
1: You know, I, it's like, it's like, what do you say to that? You know, and <laughs> and I guess that's the part that's breaking my heart for my colleagues. It's if we don't get orders to close down and they can't, I think the first thing is find out what, you know, your legal rights are within your state. Um, I would honestly file for unemployment regardless if that happens. Um, it, it's, it, the thing about it is, is I don't really feel like there is a low-risk ca- category. I don't really feel like that's a true statement necessarily. Oh, we're young or we're fairly young. I mean, we know that there are these cases of a lot of young people who are being infected. And the thing about it is, is it's like, it's not just about us getting infected. It's about us infecting other people. Right. And and we have to take the mindset that much further. So it's just about saying by continuing to be around people, by continuing to encounter people, i am more at risk of carrying this virus on my person. The, you know, we are not sure about how long it lives in environments. we're getting new, you know, information every day about how long it's living in particular environments. and so we we don't safely know. and so just by continuing to do this, we run the risk of of passing this virus along to more immune compromised people i mean it is just a matter of statistics of encountering other individuals so um to that i feel like you have to close down like you have to you have to close down to um, everything but emergency you have to limit your exposure and if you are at a Clinic, and I'm sorry, but I feel like if you're at a clinic that's doing this, where they're quote unquote doubling down on wellness, they're calling people in. Um, I think you have grounds to reach out to your veterinary medical board. I, if I were you, I would be I would be beating this drum in a very anonymous way. I would call my mama. I would have her beat that <laughs> drum for me. Like I would be I finding people to to know that this is happening and to get this under control for our own protection. Um. And then I think, and again, I'm no expert, you guys, but I do feel like if your clinic has to close and you are out of work and you don't have resources, um, you just need to absolutely apply for unemployment first and foremost and just get on the list of people trying. Maybe you'll get denied. Maybe it won't work out. But if it does, you're, you at least have that in in the works. Um, it's a, It's going to be a hard time.
0: You're right. And and so the federal government did pass the first wave of of assistance for coronavirus, the Family Leave Act, you know, amendment. And so there are some definite uh, benefits to us. So like, for example, instead of a 14 day period when you if you're laid off or sick or whatever, right now, if you're business has to lay you off. There are some early stimuli that are coming, financial you know, stimuli that are coming in, and we're expecting much more to come. And I do believe it's going to happen. Uh, the, the question, of course, is if this thing drags on for months and months, yeah. obviously going into a depression, that's a whole nother story. And that, that's another podcast. We don't want to go in there. But but I would say this, that if you're I, – I, the way I look at it is I want to do everything in my power to preserve small businesses – so that they can survive on the other side of this. And if that means laying off or severely restricting their services, hours, you know, abilities now in order to preserve it, then absolutely. I mean, India, the second most populated country on the planet, just shut down everything. That's 1.3 billion people that are ordered to stay at home They're working through like what businesses will be allowed and will not. But the reality is they're saying, look, in fact, I think the president said something to the effect of if we can't survive this 21 day period, then we're going to be set back 21 years. And he meant that not only in terms of of death and and illness, but also in economics. So he's trying to say, look, we know we're going to suffer greatly right now, economically, but we feel like this is a better gamble than actually trying to linger this thing out for, you know, six months or something. Nobody has an answer, Becky. It is heartbreaking. I mean, this is unprecedented times. I mean, nobody has the answer, but I think that at the end of the day, Veterinary medicine will be shut down, if this thing goes on, to only emergency care. And this will primarily be driven by supply scarcity. And you're already seeing this in places like Colorado, where they're having veterinary clinics inventory. Because, you know, we have to prioritize. And if you have N95 masks, and suddenly now your local hospital doesn't have any, I mean, we're going to have to make some tough decisions. Becky, what are you hearing about, like, resource scarcity as as far as, like, PPEs?
1: Well... I, uh, you know, I'm I'm really confused about this situation because, um, I've read a lot of you know uh, confusion about these cloth masks. I I see people trying to do secondary means. Um, I think that we have to keep in mind that. Um, Reusing PPE is part of what's perpetuating the risk and in the infection, because when the virus is on the outside of your mask, you pull the mask off of your face um, and then put it back on later. <laughs> We're right, kind of Just right. doing the same thing. Um, I think that there is some confusion and some misinformation about shortages. But what I know is, is that the big hospitals have more patients than they can handle. I think that there are calls to donating equipment and including our ventilators. Um, and I think this is something that veterinary industry needs to be on the forefront of and communicating with is what equipment do we have to give up? And honestly, it frustrates me that it's even going to come down to inventorying it because I think we do we do have to look at human life. I, I'm sorry, but I mean, I, I've done surgery in, you know, Belize in a gym in an open air room where you're shooing flies and it's not ideal, but those patients jump up and move on and do great. Um, I I don't know, you know, it's a hard time and it's unprecedented times and, and I, and I'm not an expert, but I think that we need to really be thinking about, um, cutting back to emergency only. How can we, um, reduce and reuse and, and honestly be thinking about supporting our human counterparts. And honestly, I, I'm encouraged to see all the sharing. Um, I just, I, it's so hard to sort through what's true and not true right now.
0: Yep. So if you find us, if you're seeing shortages of surgical masks, gowns, gloves, whatever, sanitizer, let us know. We really want to hear from you, but I'd like to end today's podcast, Becky, on a positive note. And I actually see on the other side of this, and we, I don't want to be Pollyannish at all, but I do see the the fact that millions, tens of millions of people, hundreds of millions perhaps, are now in a stay-at-home environment. they're They're interacting with dogs and cats in a way that we've never seen before. And I think that they're going to realize the value the human-animal bond brings to their lives more than ever before. In fact, right now you're seeing on social media, people that don't have pets are saying, oh, I'm going to foster, or they're adopting. And I mean, all these wonderful stories are starting to emerge. And so Becky, for me, I think that we're going to see a swell in the human-animal bond and the numbers of pets on the other side of this. Am am I just being two rose-colored glasses here? I mean, but I kind of see this as as going to be joyous for pets and people.
1: You know, it's actually really funny. I saw an article the other day that I – I was going to send over to you because I think it is an interesting podcast idea about talking about separation anxiety in humans as opposed to in pets and that this is actually like an issue with us that we miss our pets so much that separation anxiety from our pets is actually affecting us mentally on a day-to-day basis. And um, I think we're going to need to explore that because I think as people have to go back to work, we're going to see more like bring your pets to work and more like – Uh, And I think more working from home from general, but it's been one of my favorite things is seeing everyone working with their pets at home and their pets being like, oh my gosh, my person every day. Uh, It's my favorite part. So you're absolutely right. I think the human-animal bond um, you know, it's going to be something that, you know, our pets are what's going to get us through this time Absolutely. right now, you know, where it's stressful and hard and lonely for a lot of people.
0: And they're going to need us even more. I think like the value of veterinary medicine and veterinary professionals is just going to be elevated even further because, it, again, I encourage you to go back and, and read some of these articles because I'm trying to Carve a pathway for the other side of this. I mean, obviously getting through it is the most important thing right now, but on the other side of this, we need to be setting ourselves up to be primed for this new, you know, trans transformation. I think it's gonna really change the way everything is, not just the the telemedicine aspect, but I think everything about society is gonna some of this stuff is gonna stick, but most importantly, I believe that people are once again again reminded how important dogs and cats and all other creatures that we share our lives with are to our mental and physical well-being i mean becky you know it's it's kind of getting me through it look i'll be honest you know i'm right now these are some trying times and nothing is making my family you know who are all home from college doing online college which is crazy but i I mean i see them every day with the kitty cat in the lap and the dog at the foot of the bed and it's like it's warming my heart yeah you know it's like wow i know this is tough i hate it for kids I hate it for everybody. I hate it. the world is going through this, but viewfinders, we just wanted to talk about the pressures that we're all feeling. We really want to hear from you, so reach out to us on social media. Share this with somebody that maybe is struggling with it. I mean, sometimes you do sort of just need a shoulder to cry on. And maybe, Becky, I just cried on yours and all of our thousands of loyal listeners. I don't know.
1: (laughs) That's why we're a community. And you can find us for more community. We want to see your pictures of your pets while you're working from home. You can find us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram at Vet Viewfinder, and on Twitter at Vet Viewfinder.
0: Until next time, be safe and give your pets a hug for me. Bye. Bye.